Hello, I'm Andrea Tabchar, a college public relations professor based in Toronto. My goal for my podcast is to interview PR practitioners with interesting stories to tell, and I wanted to share those with my students. I've decided to call it PR Delivered. Even if you're taking baby steps forward, as long as it's something, don't stand still. Giving up is never an option. Going backwards is never an option. Baby steps will compound and compound and compound into giant leaps and bounds over the years. the most satisfying parts of teaching is the chance to connect with former students to see where they landed years after graduating. This episode of PR Delivered spotlights Humber College PR certificate grad Parm Chohan. Since leaving Humber over a decade ago, Parm has completed a master's degree, worked in a variety of communication roles, most recently as a communication advisor at the town of Caledon, pursued entrepreneurial opportunities in financial education, is a leadership and growth trainer, speaker, and coach, and has spoken extensively in the area of diversity and inclusion in communications. With an impressive number of LinkedIn recommendations, former colleagues and professors consistently refer to Parm's confidence and professionalism, but most also mention Parm's sense of humor and passion for his work. We'll find out where Parm gets his energy and why so many of his contacts refer to his Parm charm. Welcome, Parm. Hi, Andrea. How are you doing? Great. Nice to have you. No, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Parm, let's get started. You are a graduate of several institutions. You earned your undergrad from York University and recently completed your master's in communication management at McMaster. But sandwiched in there was your year in Humber's post-grad certificate program in PR. What role would you say Humber's PR program has played in your development? Great question, Andrea. And, and I think that's a perfect place for us to start. You know, I, I finished my undergrad degree and it was just a general business degree and I did an HR certificate. And then throughout my university career, I'd actually switched programs. So I, I still wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, throughout university and coming out of out of university and then the roles that I fell into afterwards um, little did I know were connected to PR so the roles that I had involved writing you know putting together backgrounders uh, presentations and I couldn't quite figure out okay how is this different to what I had studied and what opportunities do I have what I'm what I was currently doing at that time. So I did some research and I, and I didn't really know what PR was. I'd never heard of the field. So I did some research and I realized, hey, okay, what I'm doing right now at the time, that's connected to this thing called public relations. So let me learn more about what this actually means. So continue to do some research and I realized, okay, this is something that I can connect with. There are a lot of transferable skills that I had at the time that could be brought over um, in the world of PR. And that's something that I was super pumped up about and super excited about. So looked into a number of college programs and it came across Humber's program. And now I'm, I'm not the type to, to kind of jump into things quickly. I need to 
do my research, I need to take my time, I need to think about things. And what I liked with Humber's program is that it was uh, a one-year program, which I found was a, a reasonable time investment. And I found that the cost was was manageable. And and I went ahead, applied, it got accepted. And what I learned from Humber was really, you know, the nuts and bolts of public relations and communications. Really the, the tactical, the micro of what it is that we do. Right. So it taught me how to write in general, but then specific to public relations and communications. Um, I learned about specific PR and comms products like what a media release is, which I had no idea when it's appropriate to use a media release, what a backgrounder is, what a media alert is, and the differences between all of those products that we, we use on a regular basis. It taught me the importance of media monitoring, right? I remember in your class, it was a quiz every Friday. So, you know, we had to, you know, read through the paper at that time, the paper right. throughout the week. So it taught me the importance of media monitoring. And then really coming out of the program, having a portfolio with work samples was powerful in an interview setting. And, it, and it's still something that I use today or was using as I was going through various interviews. So a lot of what I've learned at Humber, I carry with me in my PR and comms toolbox. And, and again, it just really taught me the micro, the, the tactical, how we actually do the work that we do. Good to hear. Good to hear that you're you're using the skills that we're teaching and we try very hard to stay on top of those skills and, and adapt to the industry requirements. Um, you're currently working at the town of Caledon as a communication advisor and we're at the region of Peel for a couple of years before that. What is your role in municipal government communications and what is so appealing to you about that role? For sure. So I'm one half of the communications department. So we have two communications advisors. I am 50% right here. So <laughs> Great. we're a small, but mighty team. And between the two of us, me and my colleague, you know, we're, we're doing everything, right? We're doing comms planning. We're doing website content. We're doing social media calendars and schedules. We're doing media relations, crisis comms, some event planning, but we also have someone that takes care of that. But we're kind of doing everything. Right, and sometimes that can be very busy and hectic. Other times it can be can be invigorating because it gives us a chance to flex all of those skills. You know, it's funny. I was talking to a little while ago and uh, someone that works at a, at a regional level, and they were saying, "Yeah, you know what? We'll we'll get a website person to take care of." I'm like, "Website person? I'm the website person." <laughs> and then she was like, "Oh yeah, we'll get our social media. My social." I'm the social, right? So we're doing it all, right? And, 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 and what really appeals to me is that I get to play a role in really impacting and affecting positively residents, community members, families. You know, we, we pushed out information and, and put together, you know, tax deferral programs because of COVID. That's what mm -hmm. our finance department did. So I was involved in pushing those messages out. Um, you know, our recreation department, all the various programs, the services that they've been putting together and really putting some heavy thought around, we're the ones pushing that out and communicating that out to families, right? Fire safety and prevention campaigns, those are life-saving initiatives 
which our fire department does a great job at, and we're, we're communicating that out, right? So it really gives me a chance and gives us a chance to kind of flex all the various skills that we have in our PR and comms toolbox and, and really support some you know, life-changing uh, initiatives, programs to offer resources to the residents of Caledon. Sounds very satisfying. Um, the other question that based on what you were saying, you know, you're the social media, you're the website guy, you're the metrics guy. Have you taken um, courses over the past 10 years to uh, develop those skills? Did you just develop them on the job? How would you, how did you um, sort of get to be a specialist across a lot of different areas? A little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Okay. So, you know, I, I did my master's in communications management, my MCM program, and that was through McMaster in Syracuse. That, so while Humber taught me the nuts and bolts and the tactical, right, the micro level, the MCM program helped me zoom out and that helped me understand from the macro level to work on strategy to, you know, be able to have the confidence to, to walk into a room with the senior leadership team and, and be involved in the conversation. It really taught me how to speak about the work we do in an intelligent way, because we do more than just writing press releases, right? That's Absolutely. just one small thing, right? Yeah. So with the MCM program and with taking, you know, workshops, webinars, other standalone courses, uh, learning on the job, learning from colleagues past and present the learning doesn't stop that's great information um you know we've we've had other podcasts where people have talked about the importance of filling your backpack and constantly developing those skills so i'm glad to hear you reinforcing that message um you've pursued a number of paths throughout your career so far we've mentioned your academic path and your current communications role but you're also very entrepreneurial can you share some of your other interests? Like does, and, and perhaps how your PR training might have played into that? Oh yeah, yeah. no, this is, this is a juicy topic. So, you know, every, every few years, I feel the need to, to redefine myself and, and figure out, okay, how else can I add value to myself so that I can add value to, to others? Um, that happened when I went back to Humber, and then you know a number of years later at the MCM program, and a few years after that, we're kind of in this time frame. Now, part of that inspiration, actually, I have to give credit, comes from my wife because she's a Montessori school teacher, but she does a whole bunch of other small things as well, right? She she makes dog bandanas, she makes baby drool cloths, she's now making masks, she makes Montessori um, based material and resources for for you know early years so i've seen that over the last few years and and that's been an inspiration and then on top of that you know going into covid i wanted to come out different than when we went in like that for me was just and there were a few months throughout this year where my schedule was a little bit lighter and for some folks that maybe that's a good thing but i was going nuts like i couldn't sit still like i was just getting very frustrated because I had this time, I had this energy, and it's like, okay, I need to do something. So I came across a couple of videos of a family friend's 15-year-old daughter who's talking about leadership principles. And I'm thinking, holy smoke, she's 15. She's like, this is amazing, all right? So 
I did some research and, and I'm good friends with, with her father. So we spoke a lot and I was really interested in, in the training that she had gone through, but the, the grown up adult program. Now, if you asked me six months ago, this wasn't on my radar at all. Like, no, like I had no idea. All right. So again, sometimes timing, you just can't plan. And, and if something comes up and the timing is right and things just gel, go for it do it because sometimes you won't get that timing back. Okay. That's a good point. So now the focus is with the leadership training is, is on providing practical leadership and growth training that will shift people's lives, restore community identity and change corporate culture. So you've clearly had success in your career so far in a wide range of areas. What challenges would you say you've encountered? Uh, it wouldn't be a journey without, challenges and obstacles so you know it's it's taken me a long time to get to where i'm at it hasn't been easy there's been a lot of ups and downs with my corporate and career life whether it was you know bouncing around from contract to contract um, not the right role not the right team not the right organization uh, contracts being ended early being laid off being walked off because of a reorg right none of that stuff is easy none of it's fun Mm-hmm. Now, the other challenge, you know, throughout the career is I don't know too many other people that look like me, right? So for those of our listeners, I am South Asian, so I'm brown, right? I am of the Sikh faith. I wear a turban. I have a beard. Mm-hmm. So going through all my PR and communications training over the years, I didn't notice anyone that looked like me. So it was difficult to be able to turn to someone and say, hey, we kind of are the same. What's been your struggle? How can I learn from that? right? Now, not to say that I haven't had help along the way. I've had tremendous help, tremendous help. And all of that has been invaluable. But sometimes when you have someone that's a little bit more like you, it just resonates in a different way, right? For sure. You know what I mean? But that also taught me to be resilient, to know that I'm going to stick out no matter what. So either I shy away from it or I embrace it. I embraced it right? And Good. now I have the confidence to be able to walk in a room. And if I'm the only turbulent person in there, perfect. Let's work the room. Let's do it. Let's mm-hmm. talk. Let's engage. Mm-hmm. But now what's, what's really great is I am seeing more people like me. And it's like, I geek out. Like I nerd out when I see someone else. Hey, we're the same. And yeah, okay, great. Right. So, you know, I was attending a, a webinar that McMaster did the other day, and that was hosted by Professor Mandeep Malik. He's a turbid South Asian sick professor. And as soon as I see him on the, on the screen, my face just lit up. I'm like, this is fantastic. Yeah. Right. I, I, I was introduced to another um, turbaned sick South Asian comms professional through an MCM event that, that we were at a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that barriers are being broken, that folks of different faiths, backgrounds, communities are learning about the PR field and the communications field and are getting involved because you have to have that practitioner diversity. If there's no diversity at the practitioner level, then your messages and your tactics, your campaigns and your strategy could typically always be the same for the most part, not always, but having that practitioner diversity is so important these days. Yeah. Agreed. And, and there's been a lot more attention paid to that topic. And, uh, 
you know, you've spoken uh, about diversity and inclusion at various conferences and in my class last year. Um, you are passionate about the topic. Can you tell us more about your interest in diversity and inclusion? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've always been interested, but I think things kind of formalized and crystallized a lot more when I did my master's program and, and our final capstone project. We, we got to choose what we wanted to focus on. So I wanted to tackle DNI from a business perspective. Now, taking a step back, we know that diversity, inclusion, equity is important and extremely, extremely necessary, you know, from, from a human rights, social justice point of view. But I was trying to build a business case for DNI. And that was specifically and intentionally so that if corporate Canada wasn't getting it from a human rights and social justice perspective, hopefully, and they'll surely get it from a business case perspective because they don't want to leave profits on the table. Yep, right? good point. What I was able to do was explore the connection between and, and the impact that diversity and inclusion has on communications, corporate reputation, uh, and corporate social responsibility. And what I was able to come out with was I created and developed two business-related definitions for diversity and inclusion. And if I can synthesize those down, it's really diversity is the what, right? Diversity mm -hmm. is being able to bring forward diversity of thought. Mm -hmm. And then inclusion is the how. And it's all about how to harness all of that diversity of thought to then achieve or help achieve business and performance goals, right? Now that's just the Coles and Olds chapter summary version of it. Yeah. Now, again, if we, if we take a step back from a business perspective, you know, immigration has grown in Canada. And when I was doing this research at that time, you know, immigration was around 200,000 or so new immigrants every year for the last 10 years, for the previous mm -hmm. 10 years. And most were coming from places like Asia, the Middle East, Europe, the UK, and it was more females emigrating mm -hmm. to Canada. So now with increased immigration, that means people of diverse backgrounds are reading corporate community messages, engaging with staff, engaging with services and products. So the message itself needs to be inclusive so that the majority of the folks out there can understand, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, increased, increased immigration also means more disposable income being available. And that disposable income can then be, be spent on various products and services. And the audience will speak with their dollars. So if they don't like what you're putting out, you'll know it. And before you can do anything about it, it's too late because now habits have been formed somewhere else and mm -hmm. other products and services are being purchased. Right? Yep. That's a good so point. Because that target audience is diverse, it makes that much more sense to make sure those serving that particular audience are also diverse, right? And it, you know, one of the, so I, I was able to conduct a number of interviews with, with senior level staff and DR practitioners for my, for my capstone. And one of the most powerful quotes, and I, I wish I could take credit for it, but I can't, but I'll take credit <laughs> for, I'll take credit for the environment that the quote was, that I heard mm -hmm. the quote, but one of my interviews participants had said, to serve the market, you have to hire the market, mm. right? So to serve the market, you have to hire the market. And that's yeah. so powerful these days. Absolutely. So yeah. 
So, you know, that's, that's where DNI kind of fits for me. Um, and then part of that is, is putting the onus on corporate Canada. And, you know, what I discovered is corporate Canada fits into three categories. Either some folks are doing nothing at all and they're making it seem like they're doing something mm-hmm. or they, they are doing something in terms of DEI or they're, they're just trying to, they're, they're trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Right. So th- th- there's obviously a continuum and, and, and a process and, and a scale from where corporate Canada is or isn't doing anything. Now for, for the, for corporate Canada that is not doing much, what I uncovered through some of my research was they're actually covering that up through smart communication. Mm-hmm. Right. So as communicators, we also have to ensure that we're talking appropriately. We're being honest. We're being ethical. We're being authentic. And I think it's okay to hold our colleagues and business groups accountable so that we can make sure that we're delivering authentic messages, mm-hmm. right? Because we have the duty to be the conscience of the organization. Mm-hmm. And if we're trying to get to the C-suite level and, and to that table that we're always talking about, then we have to be authentic. And that cannot waver in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Now, you can obviously do that in an appropriate way, but I think that's, that's super important. So yeah, no, DNI is, is super, super close to me, um, but from a slightly different perspective than, than, than others. Very interesting, Parm, and thank you for sharing. Um, you've been on this path for over 10 years. So let's wrap up by asking you what advice you might have for new PR practitioners. Um, so some tangible things, read, learn every day. There's various ways to read, right? Whether it's books, periodicals, magazines. Uh, you know, I, I sign up for various daily emails on, on leadership, faith, marketing. It forces me to learn every day. So kind of what we talked about at the very beginning is you have to be learning constantly. You have to be filling the bucket and you have to be filling it with the right type of education, right? And then some of the non-tangibles, which, which can be difficult, is be consistent, be persistent. You have to be able to be resilient. And that's something that's, that's forged over time, mm-hmm. right? And you have to keep pushing forward because giving up should never be an option, right? That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah, it's never an option. So some days might be slower than others, but as long as you're, you know, one of my, I don't know why I always go back. Have you, you remember watching the movie, What About Bob with Bill Murray? <laughs> I remember, I, I don't remember the details. <laughs> okay. Well, Bill Murray talks and, and uh, Richard Drivers talk about baby steps right? The baby steps, baby steps. So even if you're taking baby steps forward, as long as it's something, don't stand still. Giving up is never an option. Going backwards is never an option. Baby steps will compound and compound and compound into giant leaps and bounds over the years, right? So baby steps is something that I always remember from What About Bob. Great movie, by the way. Um, (laughs) But, you know, Along with that, if you can find something that excites you about your work, and you know, we're not always going to be super pumped up and super energetic and super rah-rah every single day. That's just not realistic or possible. And quite frankly, could be very annoying <laughs> at times, right? Sure. But yeah, we're not always going to love every aspect of everything what we do. But if you can find 
even a few things that really resonate with you, that's what you can then rely on during the tough times, during the rough times, during the crappy times. You just rely on those small nuggets of inspiration, small nuggets of excitement, small nuggets of process. And I'm a big believer on, on the process, having a schedule, sticking to the, working through the process, because through mm-hmm. the process, progress happens. So listen, you're always moving forward, whether it's baby steps or leaps and bounds. I'm very impressed with all the various directions and pathways you pursue. And, uh, you know, you've really shared uh, a lot of great insights with us. So, you know, wish you all the best uh, in your future pathways, Parms. So thank you very much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Andrew. It was a pleasure. PR Delivered is available on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can reach me, Andrea Tabchar, on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you to Ryan Garbett for music and production.